Chapter Seven of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Five by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Maître Boulard. The prisoner who entered the reception room at the moment when Pic Vinaigre left it was a man about thirty, with reddish brown hair, a jovial countenance, florid and full, and his short stature made his excessive fatness still more conspicuous. This prisoner, so rosy and plump, was attired in a long and warm dressing-gown of grey kersey, with pantaloons of the same down to his feet. A kind of cap of red velvet, called Perinet Leclerc, completed this personage's costume, when we add that his feet were thrust into comfortable furred slippers. His gold chain supported a number of handsome seals with valuable stones, and several rings with real stones shone on the red fingers of the détenu, who was called Maître Boulard, a huissier, a law officer, and accused of breach of trust the person who had come to see him was as we have said pierre bourdin one of the garde de commerce bailiffs employed to arrest poor morel the lapidary this bailiff was usually employed by maître boulard the huissier of m petitjean the man of straw of jacques ferrand boudin shorter and quite as stout as the huissier formed himself on the model of his employer whose magnificence he greatly admired very fond as he was of jewellery he wore on this occasion a superb topaz pin and a long gilt chain was visible through the buttonholes of his waistcoat good day my faithful friend bourdin i was sure you would not fail to come at my summons said maître boulard in a joyful tone and in a small shrill voice which contrasted singularly with his large carcass and full moon face fail at your summons replied the bailiff i am incapable of such behaviour mon général this was the appellation by which bourdin with a joke at once familiar and respectful called the huissier under whose orders he acted this military appellation being very frequently used amongst certain classes of clerks and civil practitioners i observe with pleasure that friendship remains faithful to misfortune said maître boulard with gay cordiality however i was getting a little uneasy as three days had elapsed and no bourdin only imagine mon général it is really quite a history you remember that dashing vicomte in the rue de chaillot saint me yes you know how he laughed at all our attempts to nab him yes he behaved very ill in that way well this vicomte has got another title what is he a comte no but from swindler he has become a thief ha bah they are after him for some diamonds he has stolen and by the way they belong to the jeweller who used to employ that vermin of a morel the lapidary we were going to arrest in the rue du temple when a tall thin chap with black moustaches paid for this half-starved devil and very nearly pitched me and malicorne headlong downstairs ah yes yes i remember you told me all about it bourdin it was really very droll but as to this dashing vicomte why as i tell you saint me was charged with robbery after having made his worthy old father believe that he wished to blow out his brains a police agent of my acquaintance knowing that i had been long on the traces of the vicomte asked me if i could not give him information so that he could grab the dandy i had learned too late for myself that he had run to earth in a farm at arnouville five leagues from paris but when he got there the bird had flown but next day he paid that acceptance thanks as i have heard say to some rich woman yes general but still i knew the nest and he might have gone there again and so i told my friend in the police 
he proposed to me to give him a friendly cast of my office and show him the farm and as i had nothing to do and it was a rural trip i agreed well and the vicomte not to be found after having lurked about the farm for some time we gained admittance and returned as wise as we went and this is why i could not come to your orders sooner general i was sure it was something of this sort my good fellow but if i may be allowed to ask how the devil did you get here wretches my dear fellow a set of wretches who for a miserable sixty thousand francs of which they declare i have wronged them have charged me with a breach of trust and compelled me to resign my office really general well that's unfortunate and shall i then work for you no longer i'm on half pay now bourdin on the retired list but who are these vindictive persons why only imagine one of the most savage of all is a liberated convict who employed me to recover the amount of a bill of seven hundred miserable francs for which it was requisite to bring an action well i brought the action and got the money and used it and because in consequence of some unsuccessful speculations i swamped that money and several other sums all these blackguards have assailed me with warrants and so you find me here my dear fellow neither more nor less than a malefactor and does it not alarm you general yes but the oddest thing of all is that this convict wrote me word some days ago that this money being his sole resource for bad times and these bad times having arrived i don't know what he means by that i was responsible for the crimes he might commit in order to escape from starvation amusing pon my soul very and the fellow is capable of saying this but fortunately the law does not recognize any such accompliceships after all you are only charged with breach of trust that is all do you take me for a thief maitre bourdin oh dear general i meant to say there was nothing very serious in this why i don't look very down do i my boy by no means never saw you looking better indeed if you are found guilty you will only have two or three months imprisonment and twenty-five francs fine i know the law you see and these two or three months i shall contrive i know to pass quietly in some infirmary i have a deputy at my elbow oh then you're all right yes bourdin and i can scarcely help laughing to think what little good the fools who put me here have done themselves they will not recover a sou of the money they claim they compel me to sell my post what do i care true general it is only so much the worse for them yes my boy and now for the subject on which i was anxious to see you bourdin it is a very delicate affair there is a lady in the case said maitre boulard with mysterious self-complacency oh you gay deceiver but be it what it may you may rely on me i am greatly interested in the welfare of a young actress at the theatre of the folie dramatique i pay her rent but you know the absent are always in the wrong alexandrine has applied to me for money now i have never been a very gay fellow but yet i do not like to be made a fool of so before i comply i should like to know if the lady is faithful i know there is nothing more absurd and uncommon than fidelity and so you will do me a friendly service if you could just watch her a few days and let me know your opinion either by a talk with the porter at her abode or i understand general said bourdin this is no worse than watching a debtor 
rely on me i will have an eye to mademoiselle alexandrine although i should say you are too generous and too good-looking not to be adored my good looks are no use my friend so long as i am absent and so i rely on you to discover the truth rely on me how can i my dear fellow prove my gratitude don't mention it general pray understand my dear bourdin that your fees in this case will be the same as if you were after an arrest i can't allow it general as long as i act under your orders have you not allowed me to share the debtor to his very skin to double treble the costs of arrests and have you not sued for those costs for me as eagerly as if they were due to yourself but my dear fellow this is very different and in my turn i declare i will not allow it mon general you will really make me quite ashamed if you do not allow me to make these inquiries as to mademoiselle alexandrine as a poor proof of my gratitude well well be it so i will no longer contend with your generosity and your devotion will be a sweet reward to me for considerations i have always mixed up in our transactions very good general and now we understand each other is there anything else i can do for you you must be very uncomfortable here i hope you are a la pistole in a private room yes i came just in time to get the only empty room the others are being repaired i have made myself as comfortable as possible in my cell and i am not so very miserable i have a stove and a very nice easy chair i make three long meals a day and my digestion is good then i walk and go to sleep except my uneasiness about alexandrine i have not so much to complain of but for you who were such an epicure general the present diet is very poor why there is an excellent cook-shop in my street and i have a running account with him and so every two days he sends me a very nice supply and by the way i would get you to ask his wife a nice little woman is madame michonneau to put into the basket a bit of pickled thunny it is in season now and relishes one's wine capital idea and tell madame michonneau to send me a basket of various wines burgundy champagne and bordeaux like the last she'll know what i mean and tell her to put in two bottles of old cognac of eighteen seventeen and a pound of pure mocha fresh roasted and ground i'll put down the date of the cognac lest i should forget it said bourdin taking a memorandum book from his pocket as you are writing my good fellow be so good as to make a minute of my wish to have an eiderdown quilt from my house all shall be done to the letter general make your mind easy and now i shall be comfortable about your living but your walks you are compelled to take them along with those ruffians confined here yes and it's really very lively and animated i go down after breakfast sometimes i go into one yard sometimes another and i mix with the mob really they appear very good sort of fellows some of them are very amusing the most ferocious are collected in what is called the fosse aux lions ah my good fellow what hand-dog looking fellows there are amongst them there's one they call the skeleton i never saw such a creature what a singular name he is so thin or rather bare of flesh that this is the nickname which has been given to him he is really frightful he is besides director of his ward and moreover an infernal villain 
he has just left the galleys and went directly to murder and assassination but his last murder was really horrible as he knew he should be condemned to death without chance of remission but he laughs at it what a scoundrel all the prisoners admire and tremble before him i got into his good graces at once by offering him some cigars and so he made a friend of me at once and offered to teach me slang and i have made considerable progress oh what an idea my general learning slang i amuse myself as much as i can and all these fellows adore me i am not proud like a young fellow they call germain who gives himself the airs of a lord but he must be delighted at meeting with such a gentleman as you even if he is disgusted with the others why really he did not seem even to notice that i was there but if he had i should have taken care how i took any notice of him he is the bête noire of the whole prison and some day or other they'll play him a slippery trick and pardieu i have no wish to come in for my share of what may befall him you're right it would interfere with my pleasures for my walk with the prisoners is really a pleasure to me only these ruffians have no great opinion of me morally you see my accusation of a simple breach of trust is contemptible in the eyes of these out-and-outers and they look on me as a nobody why really with such criminals you are a mere chicken my dear fellow but do not forget my commissions make your mind easy general first mademoiselle alexandrine second the fish-pie and basket of wine third the old cognac of eighteen seventeen the ground coffee and the eiderdown quilt you shall have it all is there anything else yes i forgot you know the address of m badinot the agent yes well be so kind as to call on him and say that i rely on his friendship to find me a barrister such as my case requires and that i shall not stand for forty or fifty pounds i'll see m badinot depend upon it general and all your commissions shall be attended to this evening and to-morrow you shall receive all you wish for so good day and a happy meeting to us soon mon general good-bye my worthy friend and the prisoner quitted the parlour at one door and the visitor by the other let us now compare the crime of pique-vinaigre with that of m boulard the Bissier. compare the beginning of the two and the reasons the necessities which impelled them to evil compare too the punishment which awaited them respectively the one driven by his hunger and need robs he is apprehended judged and sentenced to fifteen or twenty years of hard labour and exposure property is sacred and he who in the night breaks for plunder should undergo sacred punishment but ought not the well-informed intelligent rich man who robs not to satisfy hunger but his caprices or gambling in the stocks to be punished yet for the public spoliator there is two months imprisonment for the relapsed convict twenty years hard labour and exposure what can we add to these facts which speak for themselves the old turnkey kept his word and when boulard left the parlour germain entered and rigolette was only separated from him by a light wire grating End of chapter seven read by celine major